All right, let's go over to the book of uh, Colossians today. If you brought your Bible, go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity now, this time to minister your word, to hear from heaven. I pray that each one here today would have eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive to your word. Uh, may your plan be revealed and things come be made clear to each and every one of us that we may walk in your ways. Thank you for your blessing and your grace upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, we started a series a couple weeks ago uh, called The Priority Principle. And it's that same principle that we want to talk about again today. Colossians 3 and verse 1 says, If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above uh, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So this scripture gives anyone who's been raised with Christ, it gives them instruction on to how, as to how they are to live today. All right? If you've been raised with Christ, that's not the end of the story. All right, it's the end of our salvation in that regard. We're uh, completely saved, completely born again. But how is a risen person supposed to live? How are they to conduct themselves? The Bible tells us that we are to seek those things that are above. Prior to that event, we sought those things that are beneath. Our lives were lived with the pursuit of our own gratification, our own uh, uh, desires. We lived basically for earthly things. But now that we've been raised up, he said, now seek heavenly things. Now make this the focus, the attention um, of your life. And again, that's how the kingdom of God works. Now, whenever I read scriptures like this, I realize that's there for a reason. And not just so I can understand how some people are. <laughs> I, I can see that there must be a leaning in the human race, even among those who are saved, towards earthly things. That if I don't remind myself and stir up the proper focus and priorities in my life, then I, even as a risen from the dead one with Christ, will pursue and seek earthly things. And I'm not designed to live that way anymore. God created me out of heavenly substance and material. He designed me to live a new way. And if I'm created to go one way, yet I am walking the other way, how many know there's going to be some conflict? Some things just aren't going to feel right. I mean, this just doesn't, this just doesn't click, right? But if you've been risen with Christ, then seek those things that are above. That's the proper way that we are to relate to God. That's how the Christian life works. If someone gives their heart and life completely and fully over to the Lord, but then continues to seek earthly things, they're going to have trouble. All right. Basically, let me say it this way. This whole subject of, of priority and operating in the principle of priority, I'm trying to get people to stop trying to make their life better so I can make their life better. If I can get you to stop focusing on improving yourself, then we can begin to improve ourselves. Because there is a way in the kingdom that works. 
And there are many principles in the Word of God that work opposite of our human thinking. Like give, and it'll be given unto you. That doesn't make sense. Yet that's what the Word says. Love your enemy. Well, why would I love my enemy? I want to hit my enemy. You know? Well, that's the new way. That's the new approach to life. That's the, uh, those are the keys and the principles that govern this kingdom. And also it's this. Forget about you. Your problems go away. Stop focusing on your problems and start focusing on God's plan and His purposes and His kingdom and His word. And things will start to click in your life. But it's so difficult at times for people to give up. They're so used to working so hard and grabbing on with both hands of everything and trying to rearrange and fix their life. But in the meantime, they've lost their focus. They're no longer seeking those things that are above, and therefore they struggle again and again and again. Nothing ever comes together. Okay, Kingdom of God just simply doesn't work that way. There's a direct connection between what we do for God and what will happen in our lives. And when I say what we'll do for God, it has to do with not just perfect or righteous acts, but it has to do with prioritized living, okay? When I have given my heart and life to Him, and then I set my gaze, and I set my sights and my focus and attention on the Lord, then life starts to work. It's an issue of priority. When He matters most to us, life starts to work. It's not seeking of material things, but it is a seeking of Him, and the rest comes from Him. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Let me show you this a little bit further. Just take a right turn, a few pages over there. And uh, this is a great verse of Scripture, well-known verse, uh, under-practiced verse, <laughs> like many of them are. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. Can't please God without faith. He said, For he who comes to God must, everybody say must, must believe that he is. Okay, well, that's a no-brainer, and I think the majority of us are past that. Okay, Lord, I acknowledge you. I'm not ignoring you. I know that you is, <laughs> right? But let's look at that next verse. It says, and. Sometimes people talk about having faith in God, and that's, all, that's the depth of it. That's the extent of it. I believe in God. Well, you believe in God what? It's not just, I believe that he's there. I mean, that's a starting point. That's a good place to begin, and God's happy about that. But look at the end. This is what we must do to bring Him pleasure. It says, and... Uh, I lost my place. <laughs> and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Here's what I must do. If I'm going to please God, I must believe something specific about God. Not only that He is, that He exists, I must believe that He is a rewarding God. I must believe that if I seek Him and I give Him all of my heart and life and I make Him the central focus of my existence, that I'll be rewarded by Him. He's pleased when I believe that about Him. See, he wants us to believe accurately concerning who he is. And unfortunately, many in their attempt to please God have done just the opposite. They've taken this approach, and they've been helped by preachers. So, don't want to throw too many stones. Uh, but they've been told... You know, you lay your life down. You give it all to Him. You set your focus and all your attention on Him, and you never know what you're going to get. 
you just never know what God's going to do. I mean, you'll get heaven someday, but in this life, you never know. You might get cancer. You might go broke. You might lose your family. You might Everything might fall apart, but at least you'll get heaven. Can you see that's exactly the opposite of what pleases God? When people are told that, that's exactly opposite. We are told we must believe that He is a rewarder. He is pleased when we believe that He rewards. He is pleased when we believe that if we'll serve Him, we'll seek Him, we'll actually benefit from it. Some say, oh, no, no, we can't be focused on benefits. No, we're focused on Him, the benefit... Benefactor? (laughs) You guys should be doing the preaching. (laughs) Or at least give me an English lesson. (laughs) But He's pleased when we believe that about Him. He's not pleased when we don't. If I live my life with no expectation of reward from Him, God's not pleased with that. Real simple. But we must not fall in this trap either of switching in, switching into the seeking of the reward. It doesn't say he rewards those who seek rewards. Hmm. And that's, again, one of the tendencies of human beings is we're going after the thing. We're going after the reward. We're living our lives for that reward instead of living for him. But here's the deal. You live for the reward, you don't get him. But you live for him, you get the reward. You seek Him, you get you get the whole deal. You can have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> Amen. If you keep your eyes on the prize, keep your eyes in the right direction, focused on the things that really matter, and that is that we seek Him. Now, uh, don't just approach the Lord and in your relationship with Him, thinking what should I do, but rather examine the heart of the matter in this regard. Am I really seeking God first in what I do? Many of us know and have down some basic Christian principles and practices. We know how a believer ought to operate. Not that that is not a worthy discussion, but we're doing things. We know we pray and we worship and we give and we serve and, 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 and we, do, we do these things. But here's a, val- a valid and valuable question. Why am I doing it? Sometimes the answer there messes up the activity. We do it sometimes because we feel guilty if we don't do it. We feel bad about ourselves if we don't do it. Or sometimes somebody else is going to make sure that we feel bad if we don't do something that, you know, is a godly and good thing to do. But the Lord is one who looks at the heart. He is one who looks on the inside. And these things should not be a matter of duty or drudgery, but things that come because we are truly raised with Christ and now seeking those things that are above. Okay, listen, all of us should have at least a basic understanding and should, let me encourage you to think through the process in, in this regard. What things in your life are more important than other things? I mean, if you could make a list, this is more important than this. And you could analyze your, your, your time, your energy, analyze what you do with your life. 
what means more to you than others. With many, they've not really thought about it. But I've, I've put together a few examples to kind of get you started. All right. First of all, need is more important than want. Need is more important than want. Make that clear in your own mind. I don't know, that seems basic, but sometimes people are buying the boat and they can't afford the car. Unless you live on the ocean, <laughs> probably out of whack there. You know, I mean, sometimes families get hurt there, hurt in that regard. You know, you got some dude who knows his authority, knows his power, and uh, kids need new clothes, but he's got the nicest truck out there. Got the latest and the greatest, and the family just, you know, barely scraping by. That's just wrong. That, what is that? That's wrong priority. We need to be clear thinking uh, believers and know what things matter most in life. All right. Uh, you know, family is more important than friends. Each of these can be a sermon, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> you know, some people going out, I mean, they're married, got family and kids, and they're going out hanging out with their friends every night. Knock it off. Thank you for that heartfelt <laughs> agreement there. You got to know what's important. Some things come before others. This is how God created the kingdom to work. God's plan is more important than my plan. Come on now, live this way. This is how, this is how it works. Remember, remember Matthew six thirty three. I forgot to give that to you. You probably already saw it. Remember, Jesus said, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." Do you notice He didn't say, "Seek all these things, and the kingdom will be added to you." You seek the things, you don't get anything. You seek the kingdom, and you get both. Is that a good way to approach? It's 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 it's, it's His master plan. For blessing and prospering a person. All right, church, family, and job are more important than recreation. <laughs> that was a gratuitous amen there. Uh, <laughs> my, my pause. Does that mean you have to fill in the blank? Uh, <laughs> obedience is more important than sacrifice. Doing what God wants you to do, obeying. Others are more important than me. Eternity is more important than now. See how we can see these things? Some things carry more weight than others. Sometimes people all live for the now. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's not an intelligent approach to life. Just live for now. No, I've got to live for forever. That's a lot longer than now. 10% of my money is more important than 90%. Says God calls it holy. The main course is more important than dessert. <laughs> this is where everyone gets angry. This is a real test of your faith here. To see if we got mature people or those who are easily offended. Oh, don't you be attacking my dessert now. <laughs> but your list might go on and on, and maybe you can identify some areas of your life where it would be real helpful to distinguish what matters more than everything else. And it's not, again, it's not just a matter of what you do, but why you do it. Look at the heart. Why do we do what we do? Uh, some people are faithful, for example, in coming to church. That's an honorable, valuable thing. But some don't do it for the right reason. They come for ulterior motives. I remember years ago, uh, there was a young lady who was coming to church. And I thought, hmm, she's really plugging in and 
getting involved and helping out and you know that's what you want someone contributing to the kingdom of God and the success and growth of a local church and praise God and, but this person was getting plugged in and getting involved until the day when Pastor Allen got engaged <laughs> and we didn't see her anymore <laughs> thought oh now I see the motivation here I mean, no, not, not always just the outward, just the external reveals someone's heart. But eventually, how many know what's hidden will come out? And uh, I know other, I know of others, and uh, who do that, who act that way. They're planted in a place where God wants them to be, and they leave for that very reason because they've checked out the landscape <laughs> in their local church. And they've identified everyone who's a potential and, uh, and determined she's not here. He's not here. And so they move on and go to the next bar. I mean, church. Uh, <laughs> to see if she's there. <laughs> How many know, for a person who said, Jesus is the Lord of my life. God is all-powerful. He's my source and my supply. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. That person is acting like God doesn't exist. They act as if, well, God wants me here, but, you know, I need a mate. I need a, I need, I need a date. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't see how that's going to happen here, so I'm going to make it happen in my own strength. You know, see, that's, that's again... That's a Christian acting like a heathen. You're acting like God doesn't have any, avail, any, any ability to get things to you in your life. Listen, he can get you all the money you need, a mate, a car, a job, uh, whatever, whatever it is, just like that. What's the right approach? It's called seek him and he'll reward you. Stop seeking the thing and following what your mind, you know, our puny mind, limited in knowledge mind, uh, tells us to do and people sometimes get out of God's plan because they can't see how it's going to happen in their current situation hmm. let's make God's plan more important than our plan I mean I was in that situation when I was single in the ministry uh, you know at a, in a small town at a small church serving the Lord and there wasn't anybody there <laughs> I prayed and I praised and I, uh, nope. <laughs> it's not working for me here. <laughs> so what would be that, what could be the temptation? Well, some, they, they, again, they get out of God's plan. They diminish what God wants them to do where they, they know in their heart where they're supposed to be. And they try to make things happen on their own. But thank God, in my case, not that I haven't missed it in different areas in my life, uh, but I did the right thing. I stayed in the middle of God's will and plan and lo and behold here comes the reward <laughs> strolling into church one day <laughs> and we sang look what the Lord has done <laughs> but people say sometimes they trust God and uh, you know they make decisions as if he doesn't exist well, I've determined I've got to do this. You've determined or you've prayed and you've got a, you've got a witness on that. You've prayed and you've got peace in you, on the inside about God's direction for you. How many know that's a big difference? 
Amen. As believers, let's seek Him. Let's not act act like uh, act like He doesn't exist in those regards. You know, Isaiah one nineteen says, "If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land." Notice that internal and external. It's not all about doing something right on the outside. It, it's about that internal heart that says, "I'm willing. I'm willing." Why are we doing what we what we are doing? And then. The first verse we read over there in Colossians chapter 3, I want you to note again verse 2. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Do what? Set your your mind. How am I going to seek things above? I am going to set my mind on them. See, my mind is the thing that focuses it's, it's the part of me that enables my life to be focused on one thing or another. You can see a lot, but you can only focus on one thing. You can have a different focus at, in different aspects. Like at work, you may focus on certain activities, certain projects, certain things. Um, on, in your family, you have a certain focus. If you're a student, you, you focus on certain things at different times. But here's the main question. What, what, what description would we have for our lives that describes the focus of our existence? What is the focus of your entire life? The answer to that for the one who's been raised with him should be, my focus is on him. Someone said, well, what about my needs? What about, <laughs> what about my desires? What about my plans? The, the scripture we read said that you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So there, are, there is no you plans. What about my needs? Dead people don't have needs. And this is the way we are to view ourselves. All right. And then that allows us to seek Him. And the rewards come. Thank you, Lord. But everything else in life must be a little bit blurry. Learn how to blur things out. I'm focused. This is the attention of my life. This is the thing that I live for. Everything else is a little bit blurry. I took this picture of this uh, plant thingy. And uh, if you look at that, you might notice some stuff behind it. What is that? What's that in the background there? It doesn't matter. That's not the focus of the picture. Is it there? Yeah. But if I can't tell what it is, if I can't describe it, is that really a big deal? No, that's not the focus. I'm looking at that plant thingy. (laughs) Some of you probably have a name for it, but... uh, I don't know what that is, but that, that's the focus. The stuff in the back, that doesn't matter. That's off, oftentimes what our lives are like. There are going to be things that are blurred out, and they're supposed to be blurred out. We're not supposed to be able to identify it. Amen. If you want to defeat someone, distract them. That's how you defeat your opponent. You distract them. You get them to focus on something else. 
something other than the main thing grabs your attention, grabs their attention, then you're able to defeat them. Everybody hear what I'm saying here today? What are you doing looking over there? I'm over here. I'm the focus here right now. All right. Now watch. This is real life. This is how life works. There are constant distractions. There will always be something in your life trying to get your attention off of what's important, off of the main thing. And it'll be yelling and screaming and waving its hands at you because the moment you look away, you're, you're toast. Imagine yourself in the boxing ring, all right, and you're going toe-to-toe with somebody, but you've got a friend there sitting on the front row, and they keep talking to you. <laughs> they keep asking you questions. They keep, <laughs> kind of like preachers deal with sometimes when people want to comment in the middle. <laughs> uh, ne- never mind. <laughs> They distract all the people around them. Uh, but you're in a boxing boxing ring, and your friend keeps talking to you. Finally, you're so tired of it, you say, what? What happens then? Fight's over. Because <laughs> they just got a full-on shot right at your head, and uh, you are gonzo, right? That's the way the enemy works. Come on. That natural illustration shows the way spiritual realities operate. In my spiritual life, my walk with the Lord, the kingdom of God, I've got to keep my focus. And the enemy will throw up all kinds of distraction all throughout my life to get me to focus on something other than him. And the moment I do, the moment I look away, bam, he is able to take me out. That's why this priority principle is so important. Focusing and not being distracted by other things. You know, Jesus taught this principle in the book of Mark when he taught this uh, parable called the sower sows the word. He talked about the different conditions of the heart that people have and how when the word of God is sown, how it would have a different effect on different people. In one of those categories, he said, these people, they have a desire for other things and that desire chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. What keeps the word from working in their life? Their desire for other things. I've always found that interesting, how that jumps out. Well, what is it? It's anything other. It's something else other than the word, other than God, other than his plan, other than what's supposed to be in their gaze. They desire something else, other things, and because of that, the kingdom doesn't work. The Word of God isn't fruitful and productive in their life just because they want something else. Say, what about that something else? Anything wrong with it? Not if you're focused on Him. You know, you can walk on the lava behind the plant, but the main focus right here is the plant. You didn't know what that was, did you? But the devil will constantly try to distract people. It happens in churches. It's not uncommon for churches all over our world, people for, for churches to lose their focus. They get talking about little petty issues. They get fussing about little things here and there, and they forget about the main thing. And it's the enemy stirring people up, so they stop winning the lost. 
So they stop helping the hurting. They stop making a difference in the world. And, and they're talking about all this little junk. They're putting out little fires all the time. It's the reason the enemy will try to attack family and health and finances and all these things. Because he wants you so preoccupied with all that stuff that you can't do anything to help anybody else. And that's why we talk about it. That's why we teach on all these subjects. It's to help people get their lives in order so they can get busy being about the Father's business. So they can be occupied with kingdom activity and get something done. Let me give you this last verse here today. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, you might know the subject matter. Paul was answering marriage questions, talking about relationships and marriage and and divorce and all that kind of stuff and in that chapter he was making a case for the value of singlehood of a person remaining single describing how they can be focused on their on the Lord and this is what he said as one of the advantages verse first Corinthians seven thirty-five, and this I say for your own profit not that I may put a leash on you but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. He said, I'm only making this case. I'm only presenting this for you, not to bind you up, not to put you under some yoke. He said, I just want you to be able to serve the Lord without being distracted. That's a main and important thing in our lives. The Amplified said, undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. This is a life that works, undistracted, undivided devotion to Him. That's the kingdom first. That's seeking those things that are above. That's the life that God can add. He can, re he can add to. He can reward. He can do what He wants to do in a life that will keep their focus. Amen. A lot of discussion today about distracted drivers cell phones and texting and all kinds of stuff and different states are passing laws and all this, all these things against that. Why? Well, they've determined if you're texting or Facebooking or <laughs> doing a lot of stuff while you're driving, the likelihood that you're going to run into something goes up. Right? How many know that's true in life? If I get distracted with things other than the Lord, the likelihood that I'm going to run into something goes way up. The likelihood that I'm going to crash goes way up. And so one of the main uh, goals of, it, of all of our lives is should simply to be stay, to, simply to stay focused. You'll find at times, at least I have at times, where I get focused on something else. What happens then? Almost like a lens, a manual focus, God becomes blurry the kingdom, spiritual life becomes blurry and I'm real focused on something natural. What do I need to do? The moment I recognize it, let's get back focused, bring God into focus, let everything else become a little bit blurry. Let everything else be a background. Lord, I'm here for your, sir. I'm here to do your will, here for your plan. Your will be done in my life. Stay focused. And that's someone that God can use, someone that God can bless, someone that he can reward because I'm diligently seeking him. Amen. doesn't mean the next day you won't have to get back on again because things are going to come up. People are going to jump up and start hollering at you, <laughs> trying to get you off. But we can get right back on. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for doing good things.
in this place here now in our lives, helping us to get our priorities right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.